KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And good morning. Good Saturday. We're off and running one more time here together. Two hours home improvement. We have rain upon us coming in the forecast uh, coming ahead. Uh, because of that, I've invited Kevin Estes of Helitech in uh, sometime during the show. He will call in for social distancing purposes. So Kevin will join us talking about Helitech waterproofing in the coming rains, how you can prepare for that. Today we have 10 phone lines wide open for you. Three Three one four four three six seven nine hundred four three six seven nine zero zero. Toll free anywhere on the planet eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. The topic you. What we're discussing your home, and the topic continues as well as always: safety, comfort, convenience. And health. Safety and health these days might even be combined just a little bit. However, realize that the security of your home uh, is um, multi-layered as we think about things. Also recognize our very busy first responders, should they come to your house, will need a well-lighted area an area clear from debris, so keep your front porch, back doors, whatever, open, free, and clear. Keep those trash cans away and around that area, and, you know, just kind of keep things ready for visitors. Uh, We can talk about that and more, but deadbolts, locks, window locks. We're on the uh, season of screens, so window screens for insect screens. Very important to get those updated and repaired. You can indeed take those to your hardware store, home centers. Many of these places will fix those screens for you. If not, if you're looking forward to having a screened-in porch, we can talk about that as well. The out opportunity for outdoor living is here and as we spend and have spent more time at home we're ready to maybe get things better uh, uh, better circulated as we get out and about perhaps coming home still has the same appeal to you and I phone lines here 314-436-7900 toll free 800-925-1120 remember the cooling season is coming so have your air conditioner service looked at or at least check it out change your furnace filter again as we go through this if you've opened your windows or will do so think about the pollen in the air all that green stuff that you're seeing uh, it will increase as we go realize that as we open windows and doors, I tend to do that at night, tend to close them up during the days. Of course, as the uh, uh, wind picks up just a bit, try and keep the pollen to a minimum inside the home. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Safety as well as security. So make sure your doors and windows lock, as I've mentioned, that there is a clear egress both in and out of your house, which means an ability to get in and out. And if you're considering any kind of a lower-level finished basement, whatever kind of improvement downstairs, realize the ability to get out in a fire is very important. And that's where you'll hear the term egress window, E-G-R-E-S-S, egress, uh, the right to get out or flee from a fire because uh, the life you save may be 
your own. And if not, probably somebody you know pretty well who uh, is uh, down in your basement. So it's important that if you use your lower level at all, finish it or improve it. Um, the egress uh, option is very important. That means of all things, a big window uh, sawn through the side of your foundation, generally, if you're adding something like that and you don't have a walkout door or a window. And the window has to be egress height, which, which means uh, it needs to be small enough that an infant or the windowsill low enough, roughly uh, 39 inches, something like that, uh, for a... Um, adolescent child uh, to be able to climb up and over that window sill or for you or I um, maybe we've got a sore knee or sore back we shouldn't have to climb or jump up to a window to get out and then the window has to be big enough for us to get out and then have the space to the exterior out the other side is the way this is all defined in terms of square feet of the opening is a full full-sized firefighter in turnout gear. That means all of the um, turnout uh, clothing they wear, plus the air tank and the headset, uh, the face mask. So that garb is what defines the size of the egress window. Very important because even if you're not getting out, they need to be able to get in to come grab you or drag you out if you've uh, not uh, um, um, prevailed over the smoke. Smoke inhalation is a big deal. We talk about so many things here, but we're going to talk about lovely weather and springtime. Outdoors, phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Temperatures are rising. We're going to get a little bit warmer throughout this coming week. Uh, Rain for a couple of, oh, you know, on and off this afternoon, maybe we'll see. Uh, It varies by location. If you can hear me, you're in the Camoax family, and we are talking about all sorts of things around the home, as well as uh, lower levels, egress windows, outdoor living, and perhaps you've been around long enough to realize, you know what, maybe we need to do a little bit of work around this home. We'll talk about that. If you're a do-it-yourself or bring it on, any first-time home buyers, and if you notice, one of the most active real estate markets that you see in the news today is first-time home buyers. Yes, indeed, uh, the first-time home buyers have been a little more um, focused on not gathering in public spaces. So isolating, you know, social distancing, quarantine at home, uh, distancing at home. We're all learning that, you know, home kind of matters. And so whether it's your uh, generation or those ahead or behind, uh, the younger first-time home buyers are more focused on getting a nicer, better home where they can have their own island of safety, security, and health. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own and operate Mosby Building Arts. Founded in 1947, we're going from the second to third generation here, and uh, you know the business is actually very busy. Believe it or not, with our ability to design virtually, um, one of the things that happened at Mosby is we remodeled our office starting back in October, and you know so everybody had to pretty much go home, and the ability to work from home or the WFH work from home crowd, basically we set everybody up to where they could. Work work remotely and do their job from wherever they choose to do it. Lo and behold, in comes the COVID-19. So we're ready, willing, and able. We've been doing all this since October, as well as the on-site construction. That's where things have pretty much changed a good bit. Though we can design 
We can draft, we can communicate, we can have Zoom and go to meeting, meetings, virtual meetings from anywhere. Uh, all of that FaceTime on the Apple to, um, I, iPhones and, and iPads, all that has been capable uh, for many years. Now we're learning how do we keep away from each other on the construction site? It's been very easy for years because we also have followed some various things in terms of um, lead laws. Uh, the lead paint you hear about back uh, oh, 12 years ago, roughly, we got into a uh, requirement of highly regulating when and how much space can be disturbed uh, without taking some very proactive um uh, practices and that involves negative pressure. We have fans, we tape off, isolate, uh, all of that. Anyway, so being safe, secure, and independent on site is certainly a conversation between the homeowners and you. Uh, and it's it's lively every time we have several employees, associates that have high-risk family members that are still at home with our support, as well as those that are uh, really life as usual. You know, kids are grown and gone and no high-risk people in their household. And we're out live and lively. 314-436-7900, 925 1120. As I promised, Kevin Estes will be in this afternoon talking about the rain, waterproofing, basement leaks, and all the fun that comes with that. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I've been here since 1995, something like that. Long time. I enjoy it and look forward to Saturday speaking with you here on University of KMOX. So uh, we're going to get into some of these topics as we go. We're going to talk about outdoor spaces, uh, preparing your home because the envelope, your home's ability to handle the rain the roof, the interaction between a new roof and the gutters, then the gutters and potential ice damming in the winter has to do with insulation and attic vents, ventilation. So at Mosby Building Arts, when we think about a roof, that's four things in your world. It would be the roof material itself, uh, attic insulation, attic ventilation, gutters, and then as well as any kind of flashing things uh, that interact with all of those. Because in the world of pure general contracting where you hire one company for the roof and another company for the siding and another company for the gutters, another company for the soffits, another company for the... Divide and conquer. That divide and conquer. So basically, if you don't have one entity responsible for all of it getting along together, you do wind up with tons of ice dams and problems throughout the winter. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, KMOX, at your service right here on The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, home again. We are live and lively. University of KMOX phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, let's go to the first caller and speak with Chris. Chris, good morning and welcome to KMOX. How may I help? Hi, Scott. I'm calling on behalf of my daughter. She lives in a condominium, mm -hmm. and in this condominium, there is no walkout basement, and she has an egress window. But over the egress window, in the window well, there is a iron grate, and above the iron grate, there is the refrigeration lines for the air conditioning. 
And I spoke with her about this on several occasions and told her that that's an exit for her to get out of the basement. If there would be a fire, it's an egress to escape. Yeah. Well, there is a network box for, you know, telephone landlines that's kind of obstructing this whole, the whole flow of this, this project here. The, The telephone company came out and said they couldn't move it because, it's the it's the network for all the phones on that building, all the landlines on that building, which there's probably two or three people that own landlines. And I was just wondering, in your experience, who who can you really lean on to make that happen? Because I'm I'm really having a hard time even believing that this thing passed inspection when she bought it, for the simple reason that the egress is obstructed by the iron grate and the refrigerant lines from the air conditioner. Do you got anything you could? Uh, speak to about that well the refrigerant line belongs to the homeowner so your daughter is responsible for the refrigerant lines um the box the the box for the telephone uh some of this has to do with who was there first uh did the uh, egress window get installed after the tv after the phone box was there or did the phone box get installed after the egress window was put in? So some of that gets to, you know, who was the last person that had the opportunity to get this right or wrong? So some of that is in the history. Um, and mm-hmm. and fr- frankly, uh, how old is the building? I would say it was probably constructed in the mid-60s. Oh, my. I'll bet that egress window was added then. So they put it in probably after the the at the time the southwestern bell phone lines or at&t lines now so uh and that's the position of at&t was find out who put that egress window in and let and hold them accountable for it but uh yeah i don't that's a tough one You, you if if you um go to the city uh, the city will enforce it because they look at as as health and but i would suspect that uh um the responsibility would lie with the homeowner, so your daughter would wind up uh, paying to move this uh, junction box, which would be <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars probably, because wires can't get longer, and sometimes you can't always, you know, junction them and make them longer. You know. Yeah, it would probably be it would probably be okay if it was just moved further up her wall on the back of the condo, because it's a it's a two it's a two story unit, but. She knows that the air conditioning is her responsibility, but it would have to be moved just for the simple fact that you couldn't put a window, you couldn't put a bubble over that that yeah. window well. And, you know, once you open that up, it becomes a, a real hazard if somebody should fall into it. Well, but, the, uh, issue, the issue of security and egress are really difficult to balance because um, in some neighborhoods, the choice is I'm putting a steel grate over this. I don't want anybody breaking in. Well, the converse of that is, well, nobody's going to get out either. So I would right. personally, I'd pull that steel grate off. Uh, and, and some of those steel grates are made to hinge up and have a latch from inside that can be removed. But that's always a balancing of conflicting codes right there. But gotcha. but fire and health, the fire people will not let that one go because that's you know you get that one wrong, you're dead, and and they're not very generous in terms of backing off of death. Gotcha. All right, so sir. It, it's a big you, deal. I wouldn't input. let. Yeah, I wouldn't let that one go, Chris. That's very important. That you know the life you save may be your daughter's. Exactly. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. Bye now.
Home Improvement Scott Mosby KMOX uh, and with the rain in the forecast and the springtime as usual I have with me Kevin Estes of Helitech. Kevin has agreed to give up a little bit of his happy Saturday time uh, and come help us here. Kevin good morning and welcome. Good morning guys. How you doing Scott? Fantastic. Uh, thanks for giving up your time and joining us here and uh, you know I think we've got a little rain coming around the corner Mr. Kevin and uh uh, that may result in a few calls to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's expected. I think today, tomorrow, and uh, you know, we we are experiencing quite a bit of rain here lately. Anyway, so phones have been ringing, and uh, we've been able to safely help people out. So it's been really good. Kevin, how do you, uh, with the safely help people out, how do you at Helitech handle all that? Would I just be clear with our our listeners how you protect that safety. You know, thank you to uh, management. Uh, they've, they've prepared us with uh, plenty of masks and uh, uh, sanitizer and wipes, things of that nature, make sure that uh, we are in a home. We're working in homes. We're quarantining the area off to make sure that uh, we only uh, work in the area that we belong in. So uh, trying to keep the uh, interaction with the customers uh, to a minimum. So, uh, yeah, uh, we've been very safe at work, uh, up to date. Uh, no one has been ill from the COVID-19 that uh, we've worked with or at our, our company. So, Nice, nice. Congratulations. Uh, have you done any virtual visits uh, where uh, people really, you, you do it uh, by computer or uh, phone? Yeah, there's uh, a couple of times uh, we've had to do that. I know uh, we have meetings quite frequently virtually at work uh, due to COVID and some of the homeowners that are able to do a video conference to go over some things, uh, we'll be glad to accommodate that as well. Very nice. Hey, Kevin, before we get too far into this, what are the uh, services that Helitech performs? Uh, you know, because I was talking about egress windows earlier, uh, you know, there's quite an array in, in over four decades that you guys have been around. Uh, uh, service. What are the services Helitech offers? Uh, you know, speaking of egresses, we do a lot of egress windows. Uh, we have uh, prefabricated uh, built-in ladder windows all the way to a builder's grade. Uh, foundation replacement, if uh, need a, uh, a replacement on a foundation peering, uh, wall anchors, waterproofing, uh, and a lot of concrete lifting. Uh, we do a lot of poly jacking. That is uh, really a hot item right now, so we... Uh, lift it instead of replacing it for a fraction of the cost. So, Very nice. Kevin, what are the phone numbers people can reach you at Helitech? Oh, they can reach us at 800-246-9721, and uh, the ladies in the office will be glad to accommodate you. And also ask about our special financing uh, during this time. We've uh, got a few uh, programs out there that uh, – during the time of the COVID to help folks out. So the ladies be glad to go over some special financing that we're offering right now as well. Very nice. Hey, are you willing to hang around and uh, see if we can help some of our callers when they need a little bit of assistance? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Kevin Estes of Helitech standing by. Uh, let's get to the phones and let's talk with Dick. Dick, good morning. Welcome to Cam Wex, my friend. How can I help? Yeah, I got a three and a half year old house and a friend of mine built it for me there and he backfilled it no sooner than the farms come off of it and I got 14 hairline cracks they're all 
up and down, you know, they're not nothing across, but it's just full of damn hairline cracks. And I just, he kind of laughs about it and says, oh, you're just too particular about it because I used to work concrete years ago. Yeah. And the front wall is 44 foot long. It's got one expansion joint in it, and it's still got four other hairline cracks in it. Is this anything to be concerned about? I know darn well he backfilled it too fast, and the whole basement was basically out of the ground, and we had to fill all the way around it. What's your opinion? Well, number one, Dick, uh, 44 feet without a buttress or some sort of a support um, is quite a long way i would like to have seen a two-foot t-wall coming inside into the basement uh that you know kind of a stiffener a brace you know kind of like a uh front porch haunch or something like that at a t intersection yeah. some one or two of those along the 44 especially if you know the thing sticking up out of the ground so just in the whole builder process of you know what's at risk and what is the risk you know that's the first thing uh as far as the hairline cracks let's uh turn to kevin s us here of Helitech. Kevin, uh, uh, any questions you might have for Dick here? You know, you're absolutely right. Without a buttress wall, uh, that wall could have some pressure. You know, how old is the home? Three and a half years. Three and a half years old. Uh, you know, the time and, and uh, the, the slump of the, the concrete could have something to do with that. If it was a little wet and it, it just had some shrinkage cracks to it. Uh, you know, that can play a, a part of that as well, where they may just be some shrinkage cracks. And a home is supposed to settle over some time uh, during the first, you know, five, ten years. So it could be a result of that as well. But, you know, uh, without really looking at it, it's hard to determine are they just shrinkage, are they uh, movement cracks or lateral cracks. So, you know, it'd be good to put a, a few eyes on that and see exactly what's going on just for uh, safety and and uh, make sure your home's good. Okay, all right, that sounds good. I'll give you all a call and try try to set something up and have somebody come and look at it then. Yeah, Great. thanks, Dick. Be okay, good luck with that, Thank man. You. I've heard that story more than I like to hear it. So, yeah, all right, and okay. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. All right, hey Kevin, is there any any charge to uh, go out and take a look at Dick's house? No, no, we'd be glad to come out, uh, do an assessment, find out what's going on. Uh, peace of mind is always better uh, at no cost than than uh, having problems and, and ignoring them. Yeah, you might be able to catch them early and, you know, fix it for a small amount of money, let it go for a while, and uh, those, those problems don't get smaller, do they? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I was at a gentleman's home yesterday, uh, just had uh, some cracks. Same, same thing I, uh, Dick was just talking about, and Luckily, he didn't have any movement. It was just some shrinkage cracks, and he was very happy and pleased. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you going out and giving uh, Dick's house a look-see because uh, three and a half years on a foundation, I mean, you know, concrete does have shrinkage cracks. Some of those are um, of no consequence, and some indicate something else. So, yeah, sounds good. All right, standing by, Kevin Estes of Helitech. Uh, let's uh, take a short pause and come back for more on the University of KMOX. Kevin Estes, Scott Mosby, Helitech, we are at your service right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX. 
All right, together it's our responsibility to keep our buildings safe, sound, secure, and the residents like us safe, sound, and secure as well. Let's see what's happening with my friend Kevin on the phone lines and see what's happening. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can we help you here? Good morning. I have a question in regards to water leaking into the basement, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to decide whether to just put a, a sump pit and pump in to see if that will lower the water table enough to stop the leaking or go ahead and bite the bullet and get the sump pump installed along with drain tile around the whole perimeter. Oh, wow, Kevin. How much uh, How much do you want to make sure this is done? Because it's kind of like, uh, you know, if I've got leaks in four places, uh, do I plug one or all? So some of it is what kind of risk are you willing to assume? Well, I'd like to uh, keep the the fees down uh and and i assumed if it doesn't solve the problem with the uh pump and pit only i can go back and get the drain tile later but i don't know if that's uh, uh the wise move or not well we've got kevin estes in the wings i think we can uh, chime him in kevin estes helitech uh how can you uh help kevin here well kevin uh you know Drainage or under the floor slab is a, an avenue for the uh, water to travel to the pit itself. So the pit itself won't relieve your hydrostatic pressure. Uh, it's more more of an avenue for uh, the water to get there by transfer of, of some sort of drainage system. So, um, you know, you can always start with a sump pit, but uh, typically you're going to wind up if you have water at a different area of the home need an avenue to get that water to the pit does that make sense yes it does so it uh it it uh would not just flow to the pump uh without the drain tile then most likely is that Uh, correct not always unless it's right there in that area uh not typically so so okay all righty i'll go ahead and uh uh, do the drain tile as well then thanks for your help yeah give us a call we'll be glad to come out Okay, thank you. Yep. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, uh, Kevin Estes, how how um, more expensive or less ex- expensive is it to do one and, you know, two? Uh, vis- so you put in a sump pump, just a pit, uh, and then you come back and put in the drain tile. Um, what is the, you know, what's the wisdom behind that? And, uh, you know, is one job better than two or is two better than one? And, you know, just from the inconvenience of the homeowner, too. Well, you know, a lot of times you put a pit in, and if it doesn't work, you've got disruption already. Uh, okay. Plus, you have typically permits, which we we pull permits on any job that would need it. So if we have to come back later, you're doubling up your fees, the mess. Uh, it is a messy job. So, uh, you know, it's, if you can do even a partial uh, system where it is needed to get that through, it's always the best way to start. So, um any kind of start to remediate any water problems is going to be beneficial to the homeowner. Uh, two inconveniences to a homeowner is, is usually not very fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's go back to our phone lines here and see. Uh, let's talk with Greg. Hey, Greg, good morning. Welcome, Cam Wex, Kevin Estes, and Scott Mosby here at your service. How can we help? Morning, Scott. Thank you for your service. Yes, uh, what I've got is a 100-year-old home, and... Uh, there's been three families lived in it in 100 years, and nobody did anything utility-wise as far as making the same energy efficient. It has a walk-up attic with an 11-foot to the peak from the deck of the uh, attic to this peak. 
It's got an 812 pitch on it, and there's no insulation in there at all. The only insulation is in the uh, below the uh, floorboard, uh, uh, floorboards of the attic and the ceiling from the first floor. My wow. question is this. I have read numerous articles about uh, blown-in insulation, uh, which I, I'd love to go with. I've had a couple gentlemen out to give me quotes on it. Uh, it's a little pricey. Uh, and I went back with the polystyrene four-inch board. This has got a two-by-six uh, rafters on it. Okay. And they're telling me that they would only blow that out four to four and a half inches because anything they'd have to cut off would be a waste, and you're paying for the waste. Um, my question is this. On the polystyrene boards, if I was to use those and cut those in between the rafters, do I need a one-inch air gap between the undersheeting of the of this uh, roof and to vent out, or can I put that directly on that, encapsulate it with another half-inch uh, blue or pink insulation board before I drywall that attic? Because it's, it's very livable space. It's just never been used as livable space. And I'm looking for a professional, unbiased opinion about the best way to go on this. Well, number one, the first thing I'm worried about, Greg, on a 100-year-old house is that house was balloon-framed, like like blowing up a party balloon. And what that means is your two-by-four wall studs start at the top of the foundation down in the basement, and they generally, on uh, about that time, generally go all the way up to the attic. So if you get a fire anywhere in the basement, the first or the second floor, it will rapidly spread to the attic and be a, a, a virtual conflagration, I mean a big fire. So fire blocking, stopping what's in your walls from spreading to the attic is number one, regardless of how you insulate this thing. So the whole attic um, air infiltration around light fixtures and stuff like that's important, but you have basically chimneys on the top of the walls all the way around this house. Make sure you block those off with two-by-fours or steel, galvanized steel uh, fire flashing. And it's a pain because you're down there where there's not much room to work. That's number one. Um, Number two, uh, if you get up into and you choose to uh, insulate the uh, building envelope up at the the rafters, the actual attic joist, the the rafters coming down that hold up the shingles, you must have that one inch or half inch airspace. You need to allow the solar heat gain of the sun pounding down on those shingles. You've got to relieve that heat, and that would probably have a ridge vent up at the top as well. But once you do that, you also have to make a way for the air to come in from any kind of an overhang, eave, uh, soffit, whatever, around those gutters uh, to to vent to provide air that goes up in there. Uh, you can indeed use your foam. Uh, I would probably, in that situation, instead of just half-inch drywall, I might use what we call X drywall or fire code rated drywall. It's a little more rigid. It's more like plywood. It's it's heavier because it's fiber reinforced, but it's also a great fire separator. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so the answer is yes, you can put your uh, uh, EPS uh, foam board up in there. Do leave the air gap um, half to, to an inch is optimal, and then fill it out with whatever you need, and, and you can add bat to that as well, and, and probably should, trying to get as much insulation 
insulation. The best thing you can do uh, is put those foam and then spray foam the whole thing because that really air seals the whole deal. But, you know, you're, you know, quadrupling the price of the, the project. How am I doing on answering your question? Exactly. Now, and the walls do have blown in uh, cellulose in them that I can tell. Uh but I understand. But either way, even with the blown, uh, if you were to use the blown insulation, what you're saying, you still would like to have that one-inch air gap uh, between there. Is that correct? Well, are you talking about blowing the insulation up in the rafter cavities up above? I'm sorry. It, yes, and I'm not talking about blowing it. I'm talking about the uh, polystyrene foam blown. Uh, oh. I had one company tell me they could blow that directly up to the under sheeting, and that concerned me. Um Undersheeting of the roof, where yeah. would you, there would be no air gap between there. Uh, yes, they can. It's a 50-50 because it gets to makeup air or not. If you can't provide overhang makeup air down at the eaves, the gutters, the soffit, the overhang, then I would go ahead and spray it right on the underside of that decking. But that would be my second choice, not at all my first choice with relative humidity in our area at 95 and 100 percent some days. I'm with you, Scott, and I've got I've got 19 rafters along each side that I can core uh, at least a two to three inch hole in, screen over, and vent that up to that roof, and then go ahead and make you keep your ridge cap on top of the roof like it is, and encapsulate that top crown piece or triangle at the top of that roof line. I I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ticket for sure on that, Kevin, because, you know, anything less, a 100-year-old just has so many sins built into it that making a an unvented attic space, oh, man, you just have your hands full of and fraught with risk. So I'd, I'd do it the way you're describing. Excellent. Thank you. I, I finally got a clear and concise answer. <laughs> okay, Greg. Take care, man. Thank you, sir. All righty, bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Kevin Estes of Helitech standing by. Scott Mosby here on the microphone. We'll be back for more after this. Welcome back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX. At your service, Home Improvement KMOX. Uh, Kevin Estes of Helitech standing by in the wings. Scott Mosby here. Let's fire up the phone line, see what's happening with my friend Barb. Barb, good morning. How are you, and can we help you? Yes, good morning, Scott. Um, I need the best advice or best product to fill a space that's um, between our garage floor and the driveway. And the space is 10 feet long. It's three and a quarter inches wide. And the depth of it is um, three inches in some spots, six inches in other spots. Wow, three and a half inches, uh, that's a poured material. That That is not caulking, that is not whatever. What is your driveway made of, Barb? Sorry, Scott, it's three-quarters of an inch wide. Oh, perf, boy, that makes things easier. Um, that is a polyurethane-colored caulk, um, and it uh, can come in a gray color. Uh, what kind of driveway surface do you have? It's concrete. concrete. Perfect. Um, pull out whatever debris is in there. Go to the hardware store and get backer rod or foam rope 
and for and if you have a three quarter inch space, you're looking for three quarter inch rope, and you stuff that in about a half inch down from the surface, and you fill that area with caulk. One of the tricks I really like is if it's if I can get dry sand close to the same color as the driveway, right on top of that wet caulk, I sprinkle this dry sand on top of it, and that's how we do it at Mosby. It's it's pretty easy to do, um, but it's it's important to get it flat, dry, and ready for the new caulk. All right. Yep. Thank you very much. Okay, Barb, good luck, my friend. Uh, wear gloves, have a bucket nearby, and a big roll of paper towels ready to go in case the inevitable happens. Kevin Estes, uh, will you stick with us uh, through the first hour and uh, join us a little bit in the second hour, sir? Sure, absolutely. All right, Kevin Estes, Helitech, standing by. Scott Mosby here. We're going to go to news, weather, and sports. Come back for more after the top of the hour. Kevin Estes, Helitech, Scott Mosby here at your service. KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement Hour 2, lunchtime on KMOX. We have an expert on the line, Kevin Estes from Helitech, standing by. He's gracious enough to stay with us into the first part of the first hour, or the second hour here, lunchtime KMOX. We're going to get things handled because of the rain coming in the forecast. Uh, we think it's going to be there. Uh, I also ask you to make sure things around your home, for example, downspout drains and gutters are free and clear. Uh, Helitech needs that to happen so that the water falling on your roof actually channels away from the foundation because if you don't get it away from the foundation, the easiest place for it to go is right into your basement, and uh, it's just so easy to avoid those problems. And they're simple when Helitech comes to visit. They'll uh, talk to you about those things as well as the other options. So basically, make sure you do the maintenance. If you see any kind of leaves, debris, twigs, if any kind of larger sticks or branches on your roof, you might want to call somebody and have those removed, have your roof inspected, your gutters. Make sure they're working properly. If you're not in the condition to go up on the roof, don't. Uh, I know of several people that have died cleaning gutters. I know one who spent about two years and lost a good chunk of his mobility as a young man from cleaning gutters. So leave it to the pros when the time comes. Uh, if you're comfortable, that's fine. If you're not, golly, the consequences of getting it wrong are big. 314-436-7900 puts us together here on CAMWEX. 314-436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. 800-925-1120. So many things are important. All types of things are uh, valid for you and your family. Remember air conditioning season is upon us. The rain is now and future. Uh, We're in the springtime so make sure you're taking care of your basement. uh, Either avoiding problems or getting them fixed when that happens, uh, as well as windows and doors. The thresholds all need to be readjusted now that the concrete has moved back around, and houses freeze, and they heave, and they lift, and they move. Mother Nature moves everything. That big chunk of ice on the swimming pool or out on the river is not the only thing that expands when it freezes. Your soil does, creating habit on your on your foundation, but also it moves around that concrete stoop right 
right underneath your door. So it's time to readjust those thresholds, readjust your uh, uh, hinges and your weather strip. Also make sure to lubricate and adjust any door locks you have and deadbolts because if it doesn't flip freely and get out of the way quickly, uh, leaving in a fire or an emergency is not easy to do, as well as first responders gaining access to your home to come in. In order to help you, it might be an emergency. It might be important to you, and if not, probably somebody you know or your family. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I have with me uh, for a few more minutes Kevin Estes of Helitech. Kevin, thanks for staying over into the lunch hour on KMOX. I appreciate your presence. Yeah, glad to be here. So I uh, noticed you said the downspouts, very important to get that water away from your home. Uh, very, very good point, Scott. Kevin, how many times do you go to somebody's house and, you know, they've, you know, you're there to fix the big things, five, six, and seven problems, and, you know, they've missed things like downspouts and, and drains and splash blocks and, you know, the one, two, and three, the low-hanging fruit. How many times is that part of your conversation? It, almost every time the uh, water water erodes the soil so getting that away from your home is so important to make sure you, that doesn't you know collect next to the home so it, it, it's almost every time yeah so if that water is getting in around your foundation and winding up in your basement it's probably moving some dirt around uh, on the way huh absolutely and you know once it creates that pathway i mean then you're you're gonna have to tear up your basement to fix the problem. So take care of it early. Uh, you know, take care of the problems that before it becomes a major, major problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, stand by. Let's see if we can go to a phone line. Who's been waiting a while? Let's talk to Mark. Hey, Mark, a good morning or good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on Camwex. How can I help? Hello, Mark. Are you there? Wait a minute. I haven't pushed the right button, Mr. Mark. Uh, can't quite hear you there. Are you there, Mark? Oh, I'm sorry. I can barely hear you. Uh, can we put you on hold, Mark? I can. I almost can't hear you at all. Uh, let's see what's cooking here and go to Ben. Hey, Ben, good afternoon. Welcome to CamWex. How can I help? Hi, how are you? There uh, we go. I've That's good. Two, good. I've got two uh, double-hung windows in my family room, and when we moved in here four years ago, uh, the owner, we had two windows or two glass uh, panels that uh, uh, where the they had leaked, so mm-hmm. they replaced those. Now I have two more. And be, I'm having a glass guy come over to see how much it would cost to replace the glass because the windows themselves are fine. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking about low E is and put low E in all four panes. Uh, do you recommend that? What do you think? The, the windows face west. So we get the sun during the uh, summer, comes right in, and you can feel that heat. Yeah, I I totally support the low E on the west facing uh, because they do come with a little bit of a tint and they're a little bit different color than normal glass. Uh, so I I love. I mean, if you're replacing the glass, for heaven's sakes, why not go to the current uh, technology? So I I do support that, Ben. Also, get around the rest of your house. Your windows are talking to you, and right around 20 years to 30 years is when that glass starts going. So think about the other windows and have a conversation about them all okay our, our house is about 15 years old so that's why the yeah. windows are okay and we don't feel you know any drafts coming in but 
but with the seals breaking on the other two, I thought, well, maybe maybe we need to go with that low E. Well, look at the seals in those. I'm not advocating changing the windows. Just have the convert. If you have the wizard out there, go ahead and talk about replacing any other um, panes of glass in the house at the time. So you can generally getting them out there one time for five windows is a lot less costly than bringing them up two or three times for five windows. True. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Ben, thanks for the call. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, Kevin Estes standing by here on Helitech. Uh, hey, Kevin, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, how do people contact uh, Helitech? What are the various ways? Uh, call at 800-246-9721, or they can email us at helitechonline.com. And they can also check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we have so many different uh, videos on our YouTube channel. That's yeah. Helitech YouTube, and uh, and they can really see different problems and how we address those. So uh, the YouTube channel is growing. Wow. Hey, that's a good idea. Basically see what's coming at them. What, what does it look like when somebody gets here? Yes, yes. Uh, it's, uh, we've got several videos of uh, different products that we do, installation videos. And, and uh, you know, we just finished up part one of a video on uh, – on, on an anchoring job that we had just completed. Uh, very good uh, look to see that video. So go on, check it out. Okay. Hey, Kevin, thanks for stopping by. I uh, appreciate your time on this busy Saturday. I know uh, sometimes uh, you've got cats and dogs raining, and, uh, you know, come by to help out our listeners here on CAMOX. Sure, sure. I'm glad to be here. And, again, we're offering some special financing right now, so uh, feel free to ask the ladies when they call in. All right. Kevin Estes, Helitech, thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. Have a good day. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Thank you to Kevin. I know it's a busy day and it's a busy season. Rain in the forecast, rain in the past. Uh, so we're going to have one full hour here. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Toll free, 800-925-1120. We're going to see if we can get Mark a little louder uh, and get into his uh, uh, issue here. So uh, stand by, Mark, see if our, our producer, Alex, can help you here on KMOX. I'll be right back for more after this. All right, back together, live and lively. One more hour, home improvement. Scott Mosby right here, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Let's go back to my friend Mark and see what's happening. Hey, Mark, good afternoon. Welcome. How can I help? Yeah, Scott, I got a problem with my sink. Yeah. Uh, can, and um, I, yeah. I was doing it the other day, and the sink fell out. Really? Yes. Uh, which sink, kitchen? Kitchen sink. Okay, what's your countertop made of? Uh, granite. Granite, okay. Your kitchen sink is basically epoxied. An undermount sink is typically epoxied to the underside or sometimes silicone to the underside. They do that before they put the top in. Typically, they have the top upside down. They center the sink. Uh, they epoxy, and then they bracket it down. So there are pins usually that they drill to put in to hold the sink while that adhesive dries, and then they come in and caulk it. So you're you're kind of in a world to hurt you're better off uh, pretty much either getting a plumber to come in to do that uh, or calling the countertop company that did it originally they may need to come do it to you know kind of lift it because you know some of those sinks can be heavy what what is your sink made of stainless okay so it's a fairly lightweight it's not a 
you know, China sink or whatever. So you're in good shape there. Um, but the bottom line on this thing, um, Mark, is that you're basically going to glue it back up to the underside of the countertop granite uh, as it was before. Uh, and what happens, epoxy um, can get brittle and it breaks like glass, so I suspect that's what happened, uh, something on the temperature. You know, the, the coefficient of, of expansion and contraction between that stainless steel metal and that big hunk of mountain in, you know, granite slab form, it just sheared. So my opinion is once you get that stuck back in there, make sure you clear silicone that thing around the inside edge of the sink as well. You, you following me so far? Sure. Do you guys do that? Uh, yeah, we can in in uh, our handyman form. So yeah, and we also have plumbers as well. So you're welcome to call us. Do you know who put the countertop in originally? Yeah, but I've already checked with them, and they won't. They uh, they don't have anybody to do it. Yeah, they're kind of shop related guys. They aren't really mobile like you know it like we are. So yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. welcome to call Mosby Building Arts, Mark, and uh, we'll you know we can muster to you what you need. It it's it's going to be a little bit of a wrestling match because you've got to hold the thing up basically glue it and then make sure it doesn't come down again later which is a little bit of a handful too do you got any idea what something like this would cost to be repaired well yeah you're going to be quite a bit uh you know uh, more than hundreds i don't think you're into thousands but uh you're talking about a lot of skilled labor in a limited space kind of messing around doing inefficient work so yeah you're going to have more than a normal amount of of time to wrestle this thing back where it belongs okay then i'll give you guys a call you got the phone number Yep, we're 314-909-1800, 909-1800. thank you very much, and thank you for your help. You bet, Mark. Take care. Thanks for the call. Bye. Bye now. Home improvement, again, it's kind of interesting. If you've ever done auto repairs, uh, the way a car is built on a manufacturing factory line, they assemble things, sometimes big chunks and pods. Chunk, you know, the whole dashboard goes in in one piece. Uh, so when the countertops are fabricated, the countertop fabricator, in this case, Mark's Granite Fab Guy, you know, that company would have done all this in their shop, and typically they have two or three or four pieces generally one at each corner that holds that sink in place not really to hold it up and then they attach it with an adhesive usually epoxy of some part or a urethane a two-part urethane adhesive as well then typically it gets shipped out to the countertop uh, place the house mark's house and then it gets installed and then around the inside edge if you have an undermount sink you can get a lot of gook and water in there and grow some real nasties so typically it takes a clear silicone bead to go around there on the inside that's usually for the plumber or the finish uh, contractor to do just kind of button up make sure those things are done i think had the the caulk been put in there that probably would have been enough to hold it in because you get uh, you know 12 lineal feet of clear silicone caulk in a good bead to fill up that void. You've got it glued back in there. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We've got somebody with a comment about the sink. Hey, Steve, uh, good afternoon. Welcome to Camo X. Uh, you got a suggestion for us, Mon Frere? I do, Scott. I'm kind of lazy. I don't like to hold things above my head. Oh, yeah, man, brother. A, I would use a scissor jack or a bottle jack and mm-hmm. a 4 by 4 to hold that sink in place. 
Agre- yeah, it's yeah, just to push it up uh, snugly without having to lift it by manpower. Correct. I like that. All right then. All right, hey Steve, uh, what's the difference between a smart man and a lazy man? A bottle jack. There, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for the help. Steve, a little help on how to hold up that sink underneath for Mark when we put that sink back in. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, how about Ken? Hey, Ken, good afternoon. How can I help, my friend? How you doing, Scott? I've got a, um, a hunting cabin, which is more nothing more than a glorified uh, utility shed, good size, and I've insulated it, and I'm wanting to put in some kind of a wallboard, finished wallboard in there that doesn't break the bank. But my concern is it's an uncontrolled environment. This is off-grid, so it gets a lot of, not a lot of heat, but it gets you know, warm in the summer, and it's going to get close to freezing probably in the winter. Um, and I know a lot of these engineered uh, boards, which really look good, uh, it's kind of questionable whether or not I can do something like that. Have you got any suggestions? I would look into an OSB chipboard kind of plywood thing. Um, I wouldn't get too high-tech, and I wouldn't get it too good-looking, because the better-looking it is, the more um, un, unattractive it will get when it starts moving around. Uh, so uh, with the, the varying climate and really just not be in there a long time and all the time, and then the up and down of your heating and cooling throughout those seasons. I, I, less is more. So I would keep it, you know, the least attractive you could deal with. How, how am I doing? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, how about the flooring? What about something like that? Now, that I would stay with the wood. I wouldn't get to a composite, um, no laminate floor, nothing that was wood. The, 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 the more I, the, so, so a vinyl would be a good thing, um, but more natural materials. Wood would be terrific. Uh, I mean, it depends. You can actually put in, you know, a true wood floor. The problem is, is they don't look that good and the joints don't work out too well. But wood floor is a, a good possibility for that. Okay. All right. Gives me some food for thought. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I I have seen um, nice hunting lodges turn into not nice because they tried making them too pretty. And the ones that didn't try to get too pretty, you know, basically continue to look that good or bad, however you want to look at it, forever because, you know, less is more. You keep it simple and it stays simple, but the nicer you try to make it, and in really uh, an oftentimes unoccupied structure, it can be kind of tough. But drywall, I, you know, if you did drywall on the inside wall surface, I just wouldn't even tape it. I'd just put it up, nail it, maybe finish the nail holes on it, but I wouldn't tape the edges on it, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds All right. good. All right, Tent, good luck. Uh, less is more. And you're in one of the toughest design realms is how to withstand Mother Nature in a limited, controlled environment. So you're in big leagues. It's it's harder to do what you're doing than to, you know, build or remodel a house when, you know, we're going to heat and cool it year-round. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, halfway through our number two on University of KMWX. Stay tuned. Lots of fun throughout the day. Uh, realize that when you pull up to the front curb of your home, whether you're coming home around the corner to the 
that driveway or your neighbors driving by or guests coming to your home, the first thing they see is your front door, your front porch. Yep. Exteriors matter. Exterior design matters. Whether or not it gives you that feeling and comfort of home or come around the corner and I've got to do something about that one of these days. Well, get her done. That's what home is about. Peace of mind is uh, one thing Kevin Estes was talking about with Helitech in hour one and two. So realize that that comfort, getting it done, having things completed, that's part of what makes it so nice to come home for you and me. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, KMOX, right here at your service. And back together, Scott Mosby, cards up coming up in the afternoon. You know, one of the conversations I had uh, with Alex, Alex Muscoff, the Hour One producer, was listening to those old World Series games. It was Jack Buck. Oh, oh that warmed my heart as much as the baseball. Uh, we spoke about that. Uh, uh, thanks to Cole Duggar, my uh, Hour Two producer, keeping me between the lines, straight and narrow. Uh, sometimes uh, herding cats is a little more difficult than others. I am the cat. Uh, let's go to my friend and see what's happening on the phone line and talk to Don. Hey, Don, good afternoon. How may I help, sir? Well, I've got a health concern, Scott. Yes. We just had uh, all the most popular sewer cleaners out last night and today. And uh, this morning they ran what they call the air quotes jet through the line. And when he got done, he, he thought we had a dip in the line. Well, I can understand that. Okay. Uh, so he ran the jet out there and it didn't seem to clean it. By the time he was done, it was clean, but he asked me to go in. You know, flush a lot of toilets, and I ran the bathtub water, and I had brown water, hmm. which we had not had before. I've driven around the blocks in the town. Uh, they're not uh, cleaning fire hydrants, drain right, those. Right. So it seems to me, and, the, and they say, oh, no, that's got to be the inlet water. I'm thinking, no, I don't believe in coincidences. They were just doing high-pressure water through the sewer. I'm thinking the sewer line and the water line are running side by side as it goes out about 400 feet from our house to the street. Wow. And it's an old house, and it may be, it may be a three-inch water line. From, it's probably at least 60 years old. Wow. And it made as much as 90 years old. So my thought is uh, they ran this jet. They got a lot of high pressure. They hit a blockage and, and, a, and a leak. They filled the soil with uh, brown water. And there's a crack in the water water main coming in. Yeah. I and it contaminated it that way. Go ahead. It's possible, Don. It's not probable. But it surely is possible uh, with that age of, of supply lines and sewer and pressure washer. I mean, you can't have a, a pinhole on the water line. I'm, I'm not sh- And with the pressure, it could have injected it into that water line. Uh, but I will say it's not something that would be foreseeable on their part. And with the age of the lines, I think it would be hard-pressed to hold them accountable for just cleaning the pipe. I, you know what I mean? I'm not holding them accountable. I'm not holding them accountable. I'm worried about the health concerns because if there's cross contamination, oh, yeah. even though the pressure is gone now, if there is a leak, it's going to continue to cross contaminate. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I most definitely agree with that. And with the age of those pipes, uh, how old is your supply line and what is it made of? Um, 60 years I did I? At least it was, they added onto this house in 1960. I was told it was a, a fishing shack before that, and they added on, oh, probably another 2,000 square feet. And the guy was a plumbing contractor at the time. I knew the man. Okay. Um, so so he did, in... we had a three-inch supply line. I know the last plumber I got in, he wasn't happy with that. He took it out down to, you know, one-inch copper. Wow. Three inches. Uh, on the inlet. Yeah. My gosh, you could put out a 10-story building with a three-inch line. Good night. Well, we also have a fire hydrant they put out in front of the house. Oh, well, that's why I ran the three. Wow. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, the way I would go with this, Don, and the way this uh, conversation will go in the next month or two as you get people out there, uh, it's probably going to result in a new one-inch water service coming to your house. In other words, leave well enough alone. It's the same strategy we use with ungrounded electrical outlets, you know, in old wiring. You just leave well enough alone. You don't mess with it because as soon as you tap into that issue, you own the whole thing so leave well enough alone it works great for plot clocks and you know simple things like that and then add grounded electrical outlets wherever you need them for tvs electronics computers so i would i would think that it's probably going to be more economical to get it done once get it done right um on replacing and putting in a new water service even 400 feet long because if you try and get in and do battle with that three inch round water main Golly, just the fittings are going to be several hundred dollars a piece, you know. And then if it's a, a rusted something, man, you're you're in a big. I understand uh, plumbers, you know, do funny things on their house because they can, and uh, you know, overbuilding is routine with that sort of thing. Uh, but that's I think that's what why. You're, yeah. Wow. Um, wow. I, uh, here's another question: Does yeah. normally does is the city responsible for the water line up to the meter? Uh, up to the property line of your house, uh, generally the water company, whether that's the city or Missouri American or whatever water district or, it is, they yeah yeah they typically uh from the meter out to the street is uh generally theirs, but if there's a problem with that um there the water line out in the street was there when the house was built, they tap into it, so from a maintenance standpoint, anything that comes off of that water main is your expense. you don't pay for the water. Yes, but if it leaks on that's the other side of the meter, they they have no way to charge you for it. But you're, you're right. pretty much uh, and and they change they go a little back and forth. Some of that's you know here we do it differently. They don't necessarily want other plumbers coming in messing with the tap on the street to the meter. So each situation in each town is a little different sometimes. Should I be under a boil order? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'd flush that water a lot and before I and get the brown out uh, for and and then turn your water off I for a couple hours. You have I, have, I have you been it out and ran it, and ran the hot water heater, you know, completely cold. Yeah, I, I would. So, uh, yeah, 
I think I would boil it or, or drink bottled water until you get it tested. You can take it in and have that water tested, just like having uh, you know water tested for a new deep well. So the county health department will test water for you, just like they do for you know a uh, a new water well when we drill them when we build the house. We have to test that water right. first. Yeah, and it may be okay. I would have thought that the pressure in the water line would have precluded. Uh, brown water seeping in. Uh, me now, too. Maybe when I turned up, flushed a bunch of toilets and turned on the tub, pressure went down far enough that, I mean, they have this shed out there. I don't know how much pressure they use and how much, you know, the sewer line is six feet under the ground, so you can build up a lot of pressure if there's a leak out there. Those old, it's an eight-inch, you know, it was an eight-inch pipe all the way out to the road. Yeah, yeah, I'm just guessing. I, I don't know. That That's kind of the thing where rather than try and figure it out, I think I would rather control my health from the get-go and just put in a new line that I trust and know and, you know, put it in and get her done. Right, rather than look for a leak, just yeah. run a line. Yeah, do you really want to find what you're looking for on a 100-year-old water main? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> I may agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Scott, first time caller, I listen to you a lot. Love your advice. I love your uh, old school knowledge. <laughs> well, thanks, I grew Don. Up the same way, learn from your dad. Well, well Don, basement. you're in some pretty old school stuff there. Good luck, my friend. All right, thank you, sir. Okay, take care. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, Donnie has about 400 feet, three-inch round water main. I mean, that's enormous water main. And then to a, a fire plug there by his house. So I understand that. That's kind of neat. But it, when it breaks, you know, you're fixing three-inch water. I mean, just the fittings on that are enormously expensive, just like enormously, uh, you know, the volume it's able to deliver. Anyway, we'll take a short pause and come back for more right here on Camwick. Scott Mosby, at your service. Indeed, back we are. Back together. Home improvement. Camwick's taking up to the top of the hour. Let's go to my friend, Bill. Hey, Bill, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on Camwick's. How can I help, sir? Hello, Scott. Uh I'm yes, here in South City or South County. Okay. I have lived here about 15 years. I have a leaking basement problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had a water problem down there, and the room that I'm dealing with now was a the whole basement's finished, and the room was a carpeted bedroom. Mm, okay. um, by the time I found it, by the time I noticed that the carpet was wet, naturally it was under the bed, and so it didn't surface for quite a while. So uh, by the time I found it, I had a mold problem in the house, in the room. So I called in uh, insurance and an inspector and uh, did a lot of rigmarole to no satisfaction. They couldn't even find a leak. So uh, finally, uh, I I bit the bullet and uh, cleaned the room out and tore all the carpet out. And um, never found a, the leak, never found a crack or a spot in the floor where it could have been seeping in. I assume it's uh, groundwater, uh, hydrostatic, because it's in the middle of the floor, mm-hmm. nothing going to the walls. Um, my, what my problem is now is uh, I was told to uh, leave the carpet, leave the room like it is until it rains hard again and try to see where it leaks at and address the problem then. But the guy told me it may not ever happen again. So uh, 
you know, I can't leave the room like that forever. How long do I wait? Uh, is there a sealer I can put down before I start addressing what kind of floor I want to use? No. On, on and, and frankly, I would, uh, Bill, the way I'd go at this is I would take a piece of plastic, a clear piece of polyethylene, as big as you want, um, as small as a Ziploc bag, as big as a couple of feet of uh, you know dry cleaner bag, something like that, and tape it on all four sides to trap the air underneath that clear plastic and see how many days it takes before you get water droplets underneath there. What I suspect you're going to find is that you may have uh, indeed a water leak, but you may have no vapor barrier below that concrete, which means that when the dirt underneath there gets wet, it, it moves to a drier location. So moisture and heat move from high concentration to low, and that means the water's trying to dry itself by coming into that basement bedroom through your concrete. Um, uh, you may or may not have a leak, but you most definitely have moisture. I have had this same experience, uh, not on sopping water, but on a serious amount of mold in a very highly uh, energy-efficient home but they would turn off the heating and cooling down to the basement when nobody was there. Well, when you have a closed environment that is isolated like a refrigerator, I'm really well insulated, uh, and you have no moving air, nothing dries, good old St. Louis air, the air is soaking wet with our high relative humidity. So, Bill, this may be more just plain humidity, humidity getting trapped underneath beds. We see it under beds. We see it behind uh, furniture too close to the walls. Uh, any plate, we'll see it in closets sometimes, any place where the air does not circulate, but good old St. Louis moisture, you know, ambient humidity gets everywhere. So you have two issues. One is the leak in the floor, which may be occasional, uh, and that's basically, you know, a Helitech sort of issue where you really have to go for it to get it. But aside from that may be a moisture migration coming through that concrete floor, which is very difficult. I and mean, there aren't any really good sealers to block that off. And you can't put plastic down on the floor because then you're just trapping moisture there and you get mold underneath there. So uh, what I would suggest is no carpet in the future. Whether you fix this uh, with a sump pump and some drain tile, uh, like a hydroweight type product, you're still going to have to deal with the high humidity in the basement. I see. Um, and, and that I means recently... a ceramic tile floor or something that is not affected by moisture. I think what started my problem is I recently retired. I would go to my summer place at Lake of the Ozarks for a month or two at a time and shut the AC off while I was gone. There you go. That That is the culprit right there. So you so can... I've got a dehumidifier down there now. And, um, you know, that that's, seems to be taking care of it, or at least it hasn't happened since. Uh, well, you still you have to run a, run your blower motor on the house, you know, turn your furnace on, leave that on. And then yeah. areas in that bedroom, you'd have to have more than a normal amount because that moisture sits in that basement, kind of like a bathtub swimming pool down there. You've got to go over and above to move that moisture. Otherwise, it just sits there and grows things. Gotcha. Um, so, just plan on it being humid. Staying in the floor, staying in the concrete floor. Is that about the best I can do to yeah. make it a somewhat uh, livable space? 
Yeah, the 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 uh, strat- Yes, it is. The strategy becomes rather than stop the moisture, just go with the flow and let let the air in the house dry it out and not trap it under a bed behind a dresser or you know we see it on you mm-hmm. know picture frames stuff like that. Gotcha. All right, that helped a lot. Okay, Bill, it's a it's an eye opener when you have a, a state of the art home with fuzzy walls behind the picture frame. That's an interesting deal. <laughs> I haven't noticed that yet, but the floor was sure a mess. Yeah, run that air conditioner. That's your big dehumidifier. That's working in your favor. All right. Okay, Bill. Thanks for the call. Uh, Let's go right to Steve. Hey, Steve, I've got less than a minute. How can I help you, sir? All right, Scott, I'll be quick. Hey, I've got a a patio door. It's a three-point locking door, you know, the kind where you lift the handle up, you turn the knob, the pin's locked. Um, yep. It's WeatherShield brand. It's 20 years old. The locking mechanism got jammed. So I'm having a hard time finding someone that wants to come out and replace it and fix it so I can use the door properly. All right. Here, uh, call Genesco, G-E-N-E-S-C-O, uh, up in, um, um, oh, around Olive Street, they used to be. G-E-N-E-S-C-O, they buy and bought a bunch of weather or, uh, weather shield worn-out hardware when they went bust. So they're the only guys that can come close to it. Okay, that probably explains why the two weather shield uh, distributors kind of yeah, just blew me off. Yeah, they're long gone. Okay, thanks, Steve. Take care. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Stay tuned. More on University of Camo X.